With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com and a sombre episode today because we speak about the severe injuries that have been handed out to our co-host. First of all, I'll say g'day to Lyle Moore who was first-hand at witnessing the destruction of Welshy. Uh, Lyle, how are you buddy? Uh, yeah, yeah, good mate. You know, a couple of messages back and forth making... Checking in on Welshie here and there, and um, you know, it was touch and go there for a while. He's... It was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, you know, I, obviously we all have a lot of respect for Carlo. That may wane a little bit on the back of what happened Sunday night at uh, WrestleBrainia. Um, if you haven't yeah. seen it, check out our Facebook page. Uh, Carlo Cannon just picked up an innocent man and threw him through a table, a man who's not trained to do that, and as a result, spent an evening in ICE in hospital, mm. as opposed to ICU. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like I, I don't want to give any excuses for Carlo, because you know, we, we've probably felt the same way uh, as Carlo was. You know, I wouldn't mind throwing Welsh through know, a I'm, table every now and then, but you've got to fight off that. You've got to fight off that urge, and you know, be a responsible adult. Um, it was a short loser being thrown around. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the words sore loser has been thrown around, not by us at all. No, no, no. Um, no more by Welshie. What I've heard. I, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he's messaged him. He, I haven't spoken to him on the phone because he can't hold the phone to his head. Yeah. Um, at the minute, I think his neck's pretty sore. Um, but yeah. Disappointed, well, he, Tony. He's just he's joining us now. He's a little bit late. That's why we've been filling in at the start. But he joins us now. Uh, if I can describe him, he's got a neck brace on. And you know how Dan Andrews had that plate sticking out of his chest in that photo of where he slipped and hurt yep. his back? He doesn't have that, thank God. Because that looked bloody ridiculous. Uh, Walshy, welcome to the show. Hi. I wish I could say it's a very good day, Tony, but it's uh, it's not. Well, it's a very good day um, for the thank, fact that you're still alive, mate. I want to thank you, yeah. Tony, for um, coming to the hospital and sitting by my bedside for two nights. thought that was going above and beyond. Yeah, no. While, while just sending one or two text messages, I, he'll notice I didn't reply to those because I was a little bit upset. But, oh, Lyle's got uh, a wife and kids to look after, so. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, and my own well-being. Like I don't want to take a side in this. Um, yeah, I don't want to come across um, Carlo in the street or at another wrestling show and him take it out on us. Because obviously, Tony, we we probably we did nothing wrong. 
with you and I. I do want to. I do want to come across Carlo again. He's going to pay for his actions. Um, then there's fighting been words. Speak, you've been speaking to a lawyer. I'm not. I'm not forgetting this. As soon as I'm, as soon as I'm well enough, I'll be let. I'll be cutting the brakes to his car or something. The uh, the great news is is that my lawyer actually rang me up after having his conversation with you yesterday, and said he's considering upgrading from the broken down combi to a high ace van. So it could be good for him. I tell yeah. you what, I did try to claim on insurance, but apparently my insurance policy doesn't cover active Carlo Cannon. Yeah, bloody f- the fine print. It always gets you this yeah. insurance. Yeah. Probably not paying for insurance for the last 30 years. You may have saved that money. So you took out the tornado insurance, but you didn't take out the Carlo Cannon insurance. I didn't even know it was an option, Tony. Yeah. Or that I would need said option. Yeah. Well, that's that's to be fair. Maybe you you know, did little did slag him off a few times before the show was coming up. Maybe you should have checked if that option was available. Look, yeah. let's just we won. Fair and square. We did. We did. And we'll we did, be going Tony. on to the final. What what date's that final where we have to be there? 20, I don't know, is it the 18th or something? Or I don't know. Yeah, the 18th. Get, 18th your yeah. get your tickets to the 18th um, yes. because I'm sure I'll be fine by then. And I'm guaranteeing that we will be announced as the winners of that show. For the grand final? Yeah. Right. Take it well, to okay. the grand. And the, the great news is, is that I will be there. There was talk that I may not be there because I had motor racing on that weekend, but of that that motor racing's now been cancelled because it's in Queensland. So no, you might want to check with you might want to check with Jeff. I think you've been booked around. So <laughs> you've been replaced already, Tony. On a on a rumor, there was a smidge of a rumor you might not be there, and they've replaced you that quick. No, I'll get on to Jeff. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> as long as it's not as long as as long as it's not Carlo. Um, oh yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, might be a bit, a bit worrying. Yeah. Uh, uh, can I can I just say though, uh, while we are talking about Carlo Cannon, how lovely it is to see his mum at WrestleBrainia. Uh, just fantastic that she supports her son all the way through, even though he is a mongrel. Yeah, but- Carlo's um, Carlo's mum goes there. I've seen her at every show I've ever seen Carlo on. She's um, she's one of the most supportive people I've ever seen. She um. She goes to every BCW show. Uh, lovely lady. Yeah. Yeah. I did see her cheering when well she went through the table. So I'm not gonna horrible. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to shower her with praise too much, but you know, supporting her son, yeah, it's obviously a great on your on your video there was a death defying a, a, a yell, a, a scream from the back. Was that one yeah, of those was that yeah. one of the dancers? That was uh, Stephanie, my partner. Oh, she was a little bit worried about I, my welfare. I did have to hold her back, Tony, and I think my right eardrum is still recovering from that loud uh, screech. Um, I did hold her back. I thought she was going to avenge uh, while she's on her. And oh, that would have been good. Yeah, I didn't. Well, yeah. she's been oh. she's been doing some boxing training with Gore, so I think she might have. Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't holding her back for her safety. I was holding her back for Carlo's sake. And for mine, probably. Well, uh, yeah. She's still not happy. She's still not happy with me. Your mouth does get you into trouble. I've heard her say that numerous times. 
So, hmm. so Walsh, are you okay to stay with us? Yeah, but how can I just get a shout out to um, to Steph and Rachel and Cheech and Christina for supporting oh, me in that entrance because they were fantastic. I might have it was shocking, but they were great. They um some of my best friends and they're very very good at what they do. Very um, good. Very good. They had to actually they had to actually dumb down their usual choreography for for WrestleMania. Um, they're all uh, award-winning salsa dancers and um, Ooh, fantastic. Uh, salsa. Yeah, no, it was, it was it was a great entrance. Obviously, yeah, wasn't was over the top at all for real. Great but night. I, great night that Carlos spoils at the end. Oh, definitely. That that entrance did tell me one thing, though, Tony. What's that? Well, she didn't go to rehearsal at all. No. He, must, uh, have, normally he people, must have been busy every time they had rehearsals. Normally, when people can't dance, they say they don't have two left feet. I've got a feeling uh, that, well, they do have two left feet. I've got a feeling that, well, she might have two left brains because <laughs> it wasn't his feet that were an issue. His whole body coordination just was out of whack. I mean, yeah. how do you do the Macarena to Madonna's Like a Prayer? Exactly. It takes a very special talent and skill set, Tony. Yeah. Maybe maybe his uh, dancing hasn't evolved from, um, from the, the late caveman. 90s. Like, oh, I've seen the nut bush in there. You know, like, maybe it hasn't it hasn't gone past there. Like, so, yeah. I was going to throw the bus stop in, but um, there wasn't enough time. No, there was a tram stop out the front, though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... We've got a guest I've been really looking forward to speaking to uh, this week. Please introduce her. So we've got a special guest today. She wrote, A Diva is a female version of a wrestler, which is available right now at all good bookstores. It's definitely available on Amazon because that's where I bought my copy. Um, Welcome to the show, Scarlett Harris. Thanks for having me. Thank Thank you for coming on board, Scarlett. We appreciate it. It hasn't been long since we've seen you first before we get into the book, but uh, you were at Brania on Sunday and was a witness as we were to the atrocity. Indeed, I was. Carlo and Welshy, uh, love to get your thoughts on what you saw and, and how you think it all went down. Yeah, well, I like that was my first WrestleBrainia. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and it was really fun having some wrestling virgins sitting in front of me. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of like, you know, living vicariously through them and watching them like, you know, just kind of um, bug eyed at um, everything that went down. Including um, Moshi. The vicious um, I don't want to talk about myself, uh, especially after that. I want to talk about this book that you've written um, and also a little bit about you and your fandom and your background as well because um, there's probably a lot to cover. Um, how did you first, I don't know you do cover it in the book, how did you first become a wrestling fan? Um, so I was just at a friend's place after school um, watching uh, As You Do um and you know she was tape trading with her neighbor so you know I was tape trading with her so I would get the episodes like three weeks after they happened and then I realized wait hang on we have Foxtel why don't I just like (laughs) watch this myself at my house um and so I did and that was probably about it'd be coming up on 20 years ago 
um, in a couple of weeks because it was just after WrestleMania 17 um, that I started watching. And then, you know, my friend dropped off and, and everyone else I knew who was into wrestling dropped off as well, except me. Um, and here we are 20 years later. It's interesting, isn't it, when... Um because it's probably happened to all of us where our friends drop off being fans and, and we do drop off for periods as well. But then you've got to make a whole brand new set of fans within the subculture. How, how have you found um, the experience of connecting with wrestling fans? Yeah, I mean, like the, the fact that I've been able to connect with so many people online, um, you know, has just been amazing. Like, I don't know what people did like back in the day. Um, <laughs> you know, like I've, I've gone to, like I went to WrestleMania um, two years ago in New York with people I met online. Um, you know, I, most of the people that I know through the wrestling community here in Melbourne as well, like I've, you know, met them online. And then I, I sort of think like, you know, with the resurgence or, surgeons of um glow and things like that a lot of my like non-wrestling fan friends are now coming to shows with me as well so it's kind of like okay well where were you like 10 15 years ago but um yeah, yeah it's been um uh, just an absolutely invaluable resource um you know the online um fandoms so um yeah it's been great and how, how do you navigate uh, wrestling Twitter? Because it can be not a great place sometimes. It can get pretty chaotic out there. How do you navigate it and keep your timeline sane? Block and report. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Like, as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, I've been pretty lucky in that, you know, I was able to find like the cool people um, and the progressive people pretty quickly and easily. Um, and, you know, I don't get a lot of, um, you know, abuse or, or trolling or whatever, you know, I guess any more than sort of the average kind of person does. And, um, you know, I, I'm very lucky that way, but, uh, you know, I am a woman on the internet talking about a male dominated industry. So, you know, every now and then, um, you know, you get the, the people coming out of the woodwork to tell you that you don't know anything about wrestling, um, and that you should shut up and, um, you know, do something else. It always, so interests, when me you... Sorry. No, it always interests me those responses from guys, because I've got friends who, um, who comment who comment on football and comment on wrestling and and things like that and the go-to response is often um what would you know about you know football or wrestling um and it turns out that those women know far more than what most of the men accusing them of that know about the subject yes exactly and now i can just be like well here is my book on the topic thanks very much <laughs> Here's my article in the New York Times. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And I have said that. I'm like, well, someone just paid me to um, write about what I know about wrestling. So shut up. Writing, so writing the book, um, where did the idea come from? And, um, and, and walk us through that process of, um, of becoming it of writing a book because none of us are ever going to do it because we're not smart enough. Um, yeah. So um, I had the idea to write it um, 
about two and a half years ago. Um, and I've said on a few podcasts that I was actually inspired by um, a former friend of mine now, uh, Nemesis, who was writing a book. And I was like, well, if she can write a book, I can write a book. Um, and then, you know, within about two weeks after that I'd kind of had like the very beginning stages of like a book proposal and stuff and um you know I I um I pitched the proposal around for about a year and a half um and you know it sort of changed um and evolved uh over that time um to you know pretty much what it is now. Um, so I sold the book to an independent publisher in the US called Fayetteville Mafia Press at the end of 2019. Um, I'd already probably, you know, just been working on maybe a third to a half of it, just like in my spare, spare time, just so that when the time did come that I would sell it, um, you know, I would sort of be prepared and already have, um, you know, a good chunk of it written. Um, and then the pandemic happened and I was stuck at home for six months, um, which was kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, I didn't have anyone like close to me that was um, sick or affected or anything like that. I was lucky enough to still be getting paid um, to do not very much at home. Um, and so I used that time to, to write the book. And that was just, you know, um, such a blessing because I don't think I would have um handed it in by deadline um if that had not happened um uh so yeah that was um you know mid last year and then sort of spent um the the latter half of 2020 like in edits and things like that and yeah it came out um about well i guess a month ago depending on when this episode drops uh it'll be first it'll drop yeah. tomorrow so <laughs> well yeah um, pretty much like a month so you're you're going around pitching a wrestling um, book. Did you suffer any people underestimating you and things like that when you're pitching a book about wrestling? Um, not underestimating so much rather than dismissing because it is yeah. such a niche and not only is it wrestling, but it's women's wrestling. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the the responses that I got were just like, we, like, we can't sell this. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, but I, like, I, when I put my mind to something like, that's it, like, it's going to happen one way or another. Um, and so, you know, obviously I would have liked to have um, gotten an agent and sold it to a, you know, larger publishing house and gotten more money. But alas, that was not the case. Um, and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to land with Fayetteville Mafia Press and being, you know, a smaller publication, they kind of just like let me do my thing, which was good. Um, and um, yeah, they, you know, they had no, they had no knowledge of wrestling. So they kind of were like, well, you know, we trust you. We're looking um, at it uh, through your perspective and your lens and we're learning about it. Um, as they were reading and editing my book. So, um, yeah, they were really supportive. And, um, yeah, I haven't really... I've certainly experienced that kind of dismissiveness um, through just, like, my freelance writing or, as we mentioned, like, online and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, the, the process of publishing the book um, has been pretty um, positive and, yeah, people are kind of like you know now realizing oh hey this this chick is 
seems to be a four foremost uh, voice in publish in um, in wrestling writing. So yeah, it's been good. You cover a lengthy period of women's wrestling from the fabulous Mauler all the way through to the Ronda Rousey era and beyond. Mm-hmm. In your research of the book and, and in looking at stories for the book, were you shocked at anything that you found in regards to the the attitude and, and the, the conditions that women had to work in through, especially those very early days? Um. Look, yes and no. I mean, a lot of it I kind of already knew or, you know, had in the back of my mind. Um, like I think, you know, the, the fabulous Mauler stuff had come up, you know, in recent years with like the Dark Side of the Ring um, episode on her and, um, you know, just like the, the uproar from fans about the um, that match at WrestleMania being named after her, etc. So I think that was kind of like already in the zeitgeist a bit. Um, but it was kind of, it was like I don't want to say fun but it was um I guess inspiring or like um you know mentally fulfilling for me to kind of um relate those kind of happenings in wrestling to like the broader culture and the broader treatment of women um so you know I I kind of try to link a lot of those things to like me too and um uh you know the the kind of re-examining or reckoning with the way that we've treated um you know famous women um throughout history like you know a lot of the sort of documentaries and things that have come out in recent years on like you know Monica Lewinsky and the recent Britney Spears um documentary um I think you know there was a doco on um Tina Turner that just came out Mm. in the U.S. over the weekend so um uh yeah I wouldn't say shocked um but I do think that a lot of people who've read the book have been shocked at just, you know, having it all in one place to be like, whoa, like women really have been subjugated throughout wrestling yeah. history. I, I was explaining to a friend of mine that it's actually a hard read. Um, the, top, the topic is, you know, and your writing is great, but the subject matter is, really tough as a wrestling fan you know we all get embarrassed of wrestling for different reasons but this is a different kind of embarrassment but you bringing it to a societal problem not just a wrestling problem you know back in the day or you know those years ago I think it brings a different lens to it yeah thanks I appreciate that um yeah and I I think yeah it, it is a hard read like a lot of people have said that especially because like sort of I group a lot of the like shitty things at the beginning of the book and then it's sort of like oh is it ever going to get better Uh, but (laughs) but I tried to you know I put like if you've read the book you'll see that there's like content warnings at the start of each chapter so you know for people who you know might want that um, prior to reading about you know sexual assault domestic violence etc that you know they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, now, while you were writing the book was when the speaking out movement happened as well. Um, was there anything that you then needed to go and change because of what was going on in modern wrestling while you were writing about stuff that had happened in, in bygone eras? 
Uh, yeah. So look, I'd mostly kind of finished the book by the time speaking out happened. Um, but obviously, as I mentioned before, I was in edits. So yes, I was able to go back and edit out a quote from the illustrious Joey Ryan. Oh, goodness. Um, so there's, an, there's a chapter in the book all about intergender wrestling and how it is not... Um, you know, condoning intimate partner violence. Mm. And I had a quote uh, from him in there about that exact thing. And um, I sort of write in the book too, that like, I actually know or knew Joey Ryan. And he was actually, cause you know, I don't know if you know my background once upon a time, I used to work in uh, Outback Championship Wrestling as a, the host of the TV show on channel 31. And, um, you know, we had a podcast and I did social media and stuff like that. Um, and so he was brought out um, with that company a few years ago. And um, he was actually, of, of all of the, you know, wrestlers that I've met, and I've met quite a few through that work, um, he was actually the only one that treated me like an actual person, not like, you know, um, some chick who, you know, doesn't know shit or some novelty or, or you know, just, you know, hazing me or whatever. Um, and so I actually kind of, you know, considered him a friend. And if I was going to be going to like LA or something, I would have maybe reached out to him to hang out with him. And looking back like now, thank God I didn't like just hearing some mm. of the stories. Um, so yeah, it was, I was actually... I don't want to say surprised just because of, um, as I mentioned before, like me too, just all of the yeah. stories. I'm just never, like, I'm never going to be surprised um, if anyone's outed as like a sexual predator or whatever. Um, but, you know, disappointed, sure. Um, but, you know, I chose to believe the stories of the multiple women that came out um, against him. And, you know, I think it's sort of a testament to that whole like nice guy thing like mm. oh you know I'm a nice guy I don't do that like his whole his whole demeanor like obviously in the ring was <laughs> opposite to that but um you know the way he presented himself to me and and I think a lot of people was like as a nice guy um and you know just how how that kind of persona can be used to hide um a lot of things so um yeah, to cut a long story short, I had to change that. That's a um, that's a skill that a lot of abusers have is that um, to present themselves as being disarming. Um, unfortunately, that's a real issue because you just you probably just can't trust anybody these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> look at when you, you look at you look at what's going on in federal government right now, um, where you'd expect higher standards. Um, I mean, it's just, I don't know what the words are because disappointing is not the word to use. Mm. It's all, like, it's, yeah, it's almost like a resigned expectation at this point, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as a man for me, I mean, I was saying it to my partner the other day, like women will want to make change and they I, think, I believe they're going to make change to the government of the country and it's just it's for men it's our job to get out of the way and then support that change I think yeah yeah it's all it's all kind of coming to like that reckoning point um you know and I think sometimes in Australia we can be a little bit behind um 
the eight ball on that and certainly in wrestling um mm. is is very be far behind the eight ball in terms of um like cultural change and that sort of thing so yeah I want to talk to you about chapter 11 of the book, The Problem with Ronda Rousey. And I haven't actually read the book myself, so I do apologise for that. I will get around <laughs> to doing it next week while I'm sitting in my hotel room in Hobart doing absolutely nothing for four days. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I know, exactly. It was meant to be the Gold Coast, but we changed that today because oh. <laughs> Hobart seems to be the safest place in Australia at the moment. Yeah, uh, right. The problem with Ronda Rousey, without spoilers, if you could take us through your your beliefs of that, because I'm, I'm thinking that through that Ronda Rousey period, that 2018-19 sort of period, I don't think we've seen women's wrestling as solid as what it was ever through that two-year period. Every championship match, and, and I remember numerous times in our first two years of this podcast where we were saying the women are just so much better than the men at the moment in the WWE. Yeah, well, I mean, I still think that's true. I mean, no, everyone knows, like, it's no secret that I, like, don't really fuck with men's wrestling anymore. Um, so I'm always going to support women's wrestling. Um, whether or not, uh, you know, the companies that put it on uh, feel that way as well. But I think that's kind of the main um, crux of it, isn't it? It's, the, it's not that, like, women were better at any given point in time um it's that you know the the governing body of like wrestling um as we know it, it uh you know chose to put um their marketing machine and their faith behind the women's um division and you know because ronda rousey was the face of it like yeah. you know and i sort of i sort of write in the book like is it about um like, did she legitimize women's wrestling or was women's wrestling legitimized enough so that she was able to make it a viable career um, for herself? And, you know, I argue that the case is the latter. Uh, but also in that chapter, I, you know, talk about her questionable um, personal history with things like intimate partner violence, transphobia, et cetera, and how, like, she's a piece of shit. And, um, you know, I'm never going to... Um, I assume we can swear on this podcast, yeah? Yeah, we've yeah. done it many times. <laughs> All right, cool, because there would be a lot of bleeps otherwise. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm never going to um, ac acknowledge that, like, okay, I, I will acknowledge that they got the main event because she was in it, but I'm not, I'm not going to acknowledge that, um, you know, they were better because of her. Yeah. It's, it is a difficult place to, to be because Ronda Rousey, um, as a, an athlete, showed promoters they could make money off women. Um, well, I mean, tennis has been doing it for years, but um, in combat sports, um, the amount of money she drew on pay-per-view, um, which is not related to who she is as a person, um, that showed promoters they could, that they could, you know, that they should be trusting the women to bring in money as much as they are the men. Hmm. Um, and, and yet it seems like they've learned nothing from that because, you know... Well, here's, here's you what I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's all about they're not prepared to tell... They're not prepared to put the times into telling the stories for the women that they are for the men. Um, and when they are, when they do put that time in, you get something like Bailey and Sasha, which is probably the most compelling storyline they've had of the last 12 months. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and the last, what, six years or whenever it was since they had their barn burner at um, NXT takeover. Yeah. Um, but wait, what was the question? I'm, I'm just saying um, it's, I'm, I guess I'm just more making a point and, and the question will be like leading into this year's WrestleMania, where, where are the storylines for the women? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, they seem to all be wrapped up in, like, one, right? Like, with Raw, what, mm. ten, 10 minutes of women's content this past week in mm. the, what, two two weeks before WrestleMania? Um, and, this, yeah, the storyline is just, like, our women's tag team champions challenge the, the, you know, champion of that brand and her challenger at WrestleMania. Like, come on. Wasn't the point of bringing in women's tag titles so that there was like a secondary storyline and you know I would argue that there should be secondary storylines um or even third um tier storylines that that um you know aren't um tied to uh championships um but yeah I mean I don't know I think we're almost at a point now where it's like we need like a second give divas a chance um or a second women's um revolution you know um yeah it's getting to a pretty bleak point yeah I mean I think we need an hour an hour show at least where the women get to be showcased oh yeah definitely I don't mean that instead of being on Raw and Smackdown I mean that on top of being on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, exactly. I've said that on many of the podcasts I've been on. It's like, and the, the time is, um, you know, now. They're not, they're not traveling. There's no fans. If they're worried about ticket sales, um, which I don't think they should be, they will sell it out if it's an all-women's show. But it's like they're already at the, they're at the same venue every week. They're, all, like, they're already set up. Just give them an hour before or after the show. Like, there's there's little investment needed from wwe and i think the um the you know result will be um quite quite big for them so i yeah i just don't think there's any excuse not to be doing that yeah i think it's just just, well they've got the deepest and most talented women's division in wrestling history at the Mm. minute it's and that's easy that's an easy statement to make um it's just lazy, creative, and not, you know, having faith, or maybe there's not enough uh, voices in the creative room. But, you know, it feels like it's going back a step where, you know, it almost the next step backwards is, well, the storylines will all evolve around these women aren't chasing titles and trying to be the best they can be. Oh, they're arguing over a, a guy. Mm-hmm. for instance, like they did in the Ruthless Aggression era. They were the, you know, their, all their storylines centred around their male partners at the time yeah. and chopping and changing. You know, I think AJ Lee, how many male partners yeah. did she have on TV? And I think exactly. we're one step away from going back that way when we have the greatest roster of women wrestlers in wrestling history at their disposal. It's Yeah, it's crazy at the minute. Scarlett, have you watched much? Um, have, you, have you watched much uh, AEW? Um, no, I actually watched my first AEW match a couple of weeks ago. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, um, and of course the um, 
you know, the trolls came out. Oh, how can you have not watched AEW yet? Like, you don't like wrestling, blah, blah. It's like, hello. Like, my book is subtitled an abbreviated history of world wrestling entertainment. That is my, um, you know, forte. That's my specialty. Yeah. That's what I know and have watched for 20 years. Um, so, yeah, I don't really watch much AEW. I stay up to date um, on it and you know other happenings on the interwebs but you know we all have jobs and lives and mm-hmm. um, you know there's only so much wrestling we can watch so <laughs> how did you enjoy that match i liked it um i did think that it was a bit slow to start and there wasn't much kind of like match psychology to begin with um, and, you know, maybe that's just because I came into it and, you know, had missed the kind of um, storyline build up to it. Uh, but, yeah, by the end, I was like, yeah, totally into it. And, and you know, it was that viral image of, of Brit with the blood in her eyes that I was like, okay, I have to watch this. Um, yeah. So I think that was kind of like a bleeding Becky, like 2.0. Um, so hopefully she can harness that um, in the way that Becky... Um, harnessed that for herself and made herself you know the talk of the industry now that as a female wrestling fan are you pretty much resigned to the fact now that female wrestlers are just always going to be sold as sex cells type things revealing costumes all that sort of stuff as part of the whole persona of female wrestling will that ever change or is that always going to be a part of it um no i'm not resigned to that i do, i sort of like I don't know. I don't, I don't really think they are anymore. I mean, sure, on a certain level, but I think like, you know, I sort of write in the book, there's a chapter about, um, uh, it's called Hair, Body, Face. And it's about, you know, how hair, makeup and gear, um, how, how women are kind of using that to tell a story and stuff. And I think, you know, you, even just in the gear these days, like it's all kind of, I think, more um, sort of utilitarian, um, it's it looks like it serves a purpose rather than I don't know. Look at yeah. what Mickey James debuted in. Like looks like you, you yeah. get it from Supre. Like you know. So it's like actual wrestling gear and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, like I yeah I don't really think that it is sold in that way. I'm sure people could um, see that if that's what they're looking for. Um, and you know there are certainly wrestlers that, that play up to that. Um, you know, like Avery comes to mind, but you know, she's doing it in like, she's subverting that, you know? And I sort of think it goes back to like the Britt Baker thing as well. Like I really love it when, uh, women wrestlers who are just dismissed as like pretty faces, um, are like, Oh, you think I'm a pretty face? All right. Well, I'm going to like destroy this face like in front of you right now and just prove how tough I am, you know? Um, so no, I don't. I don't think that I would say that I'm resigned to that fact. The times are changing. Yeah. Uh, who are the the wrestlers at the moment that you um, could watch every day? Because um, I was having a chat before he threw me through a table with Paolo Cannon, and we agreed that um, we think that. Sasha Banks is with Daniel Bryan. They're the best two wrestlers in WWE. Um, who are the who are the people that catch your attention at the moment? Um, yeah, it's Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, 
Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks. Yeah, no, she's my absolute favorite. Um, so you're not gonna get um, an argument from me on that one. Um, I'm really excited by Bianca Belair as well. I'm really excited yeah. about their match, even though WWE is intent on screwing it up like they do everything. Um, and, you know, like that is just like from the moment Bianca won the Rumble, it's like, oh shit, this is going to be the first match, singles match between two black wrestlers, women or men, ever. Um, it's like, just, just sell it on that. Like, why the fuck are you getting Reginald involved? Why are the like Nia and Shayna there? Like, just, just let them do the work. Um, and yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. That's an amazing stat. The first singles match between two black wrestlers. Yep. Wow. Ever. And That's Bianca was only the second black wrestler to win the Rumble ever. After The Rock. Yeah. And I think, I, think, I think their match is also, I think I read somewhere that it's the, um, the second singles match for a like, major title between two black wrestlers on a pay-per-view ever. So, oh. and sorry, what year is it again? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. For, for, how, for how far we think we've come, we haven't come anywhere close. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, talking of the, you know, the Give Divas a Chance and the women's revolution and all that time, what did you think about, like, WWE essentially hijacking the movement and turning, lack of a better term, a PR stunt than just giving their fans what they wanted at the time. Yeah, look, um, I write a lot about this in the book and, you know, like I'm pretty, um, I go back and forth on it. Look, I think that um, if they were going to do it right um, and it, you know, resulted in, you know, um, more match times, a women's show, pay parity, um, uh, protection from like, um, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault, stuff like that. Um, that I'm all for them hijacking a movement and like if they're going to actually do something with it. But um, yeah, like it's that sort of hollow um, back and forth kind of marketing where it's like, oh yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll try to harness this, um, you know, social media movement. But, you know, just, just for like a few weeks or a few months or whatever it was and, um, or a few years indeed. Um, and then, you know, when we decide it, it's done, so that's it. Like, not that it's an ongoing kind of move for gender equality or equality across the board. And, you know, I think they, like, that was clear in the, um, you know, the women's main event of, of WrestleMania. I think, like, Michael Cole's commentary was like, oh, you know, this is the the end of the women's evolution or, you know, maybe not something so blunt, but along those lines, you know? So it's like, no, like a women's main event of WrestleMania with like three like straight white able-bodied women, although apparently Ronda Rousey is black now, um, you know, that, that's not, that's not, that's not true equality you know it's it's what I mentioned before it's equal representation it's equal pay it's you know quotas um protection um from uh those kinds of things um unionization and things like that so yeah 
Well, Scarlett, it's been fantastic having a chat to you today. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, a month after the release of her book, a diva was a female version of a wrestler. So head on out there, grab it. Uh, well, she says it's available from bookstores and also online as well. Yep, that's exactly right. Thanks uh, for having me on, guys. So all good. No, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I love you different. I love to hear a different voice, and and um, your voice is really important because it makes people think about wrestling in a different way. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. And for those that were at uh, the WrestleBrainia show on Sunday, we can confirm it wasn't Scarlett that was yelling out the answers. It was someone <laughs> sitting very close to her. Thanks, Scarlett. Catch you next time. Thanks. Bye. Scarlett Harris joining us here on the Turnbuckle. And welcome back to our second segment of the show. And unfortunately, this week, without Eleni Thomas, uh, who is just home a little bit uh, sick at the moment with a really sore wisdom tooth. So, Eleni, we wish you all the best and hope you get well soon and look forward to you rejoining us next week. I think she's gone out in sympathy with you, Welsh. I think Eleni would be the only one of our team that's got any wisdom, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Hard to argue. All right, let's get straight into it, guys. Uh, what's the fallout from WrestleBrainia? We, we've spoken about your injuries and the like, but uh, the great news is, is that we did win, as you said, and we go through to the grand final. Another two rounds of WrestleBrainia to go before the final on the 18th. I'm assuming we'll beat whoever against Tony, but um, this week it's WrestleRock versus PCW. So we've got Aisha versus Lockie Hendricks, which should be really interesting. Um, I mean, I know you've got some history with Lockie Hendricks. I hope that doesn't spoil the night. Um, I'll just spoil his introduction. Yeah. Probably. Well, not for me. <laughs> um, but we've also got two double passes to give away, Tony. Oh. Is that so like a pay? I, is that payola from Jeff or something for what happened to you the other day? I demanded, uh, our lawyer demanded some tickets to give away, yeah. some tickets, four tickets. And we don't want to use them. So we're, because we're going to be there anyway. So I'm giving them away. There's a post on our social medias, all three of our social medias. Um, just tag a friend on it and you can win. Uh, I'll let the winners know on Friday. Right, fantastic. There you go. Chance to get a double pass to WrestleBrainia this Sunday and what promises to be a great show with Lockie Hendricks on there. Uh, make sure you get along. More importantly, Aisha on there. And Aisha on there as well. Correct. I didn't say her name because I forgot exactly who was with him. But I'm glad you uh, corrected me. Thank you. Our, uh, our listener. Our, our one and only. So, Aisha, if you'd like a double pass to give to your friends to come <laughs> along to watch you. Yeah, uh, so if you want to save your friends some money, tell them to enter the competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's happening in the WWE Hall of Fame, guys? It's normally a, a, a really high, a big highlight of uh, WrestleMania week. But is anyone underwhelmed with... What's happening around WrestleMania at the moment? Uh, has the build started yet? <laughs> I, I, I'm not hyped for WrestleMania. I know, what is it? 10 days Next away week. or something? Yeah, yeah it's, it's something crazy. Um, 
Ah, oh, the hype. Oh, it's, we're coming to the end of the no crowd era. I just think, hurry up and get past it. Start again. I think were they having 45,000 each night in the stadium or something because Florida's just, who cares? Let's just run. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the Hall of Fame, I know Batista pulled out because uh, of movie scheduling conflicts. Oh, come uh, on. Seriously, you can't get to one night. He might not be able uh, to go with the, with the across America at the same No, yeah, that's it. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if Florida doesn't care. I'm assuming a lockdown Hollywood set would be pretty stringent because, um, okay. you know, that would cost millions to close down a a movie production. Like, and and in our and in rock. our days of technology, we can't get a camera to actually get in front of his face while he's in the lockdown set, so he could accept his award. Oh, I don't think. There's I don't think you want to accept the hall. You don't want to accept the hall of fame induction over Zoom. Come yeah. on, I Wait, think he wants be, be in front. It's, and they are trying to condense two WrestleMania classes into one year because they missed last year because of COVID. So he can be the headliner next year. I think it's cool that um, Eric Bischoff's going in. I'm really yeah. wrapped that Molly Holly's going in, who sort of broke the mold of um, of girls who were. At least given a little bit of time to show they could wrestle um, in yep. a period where they they often weren't, and the Bella Twins, who a lot of people were upset about them going in, and I don't get that because that's two women who actually brought new eyes to the product, which is in the current in the current climate, it's it's really rare that anyone brings new eyes to the product, and they yeah. sort of revolutionised it through that total. Divas and um, Total Ballers and stuff like that. Um, Tony, you'd be excited that William Shat- Shatner's going in, wouldn't you? Very much so. Fantastic Finally. addition. Finally. <laughs> Captain Kirk should have been in there from the start. Yeah, he's the king of the com- common people. I think he sung a song about that once. He's already we inducted. Covered it. He's already inducted someone before. Don't want to highlight that guy, but um, you know, <laughs> got to get. You have to have a celebrity. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, moving should, on from that. It should be okay. I don't... Wrestle Rock returns this week at the Corner Hotel Friday night. If you haven't got a ticket, bad luck. I can guarantee you that you won't get one. Well, you did have a few chances to get one. They sold out how many times? Well, twice. Yes. I, I, didn't know, twice. I didn't know whether I was able to go because of my knee, but now that I'm doing so well, I went straight to one of the bosses and said, any chance of getting a ticket for Friday night? He said, no. Nah. Okay. You said that. I like that you asked him that after we'd already covered that it sold out on the show the week, uh, a few <laughs> days prior. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you just do a, a do a run-in with the briefcase, Tony, like you did on Sunday night. No, he didn't. I didn't say I, that. I just seen him running around with a briefcase. It was a money oh, in the jogging. bank briefcase. Yep. Big uh, Miz fan. And they return to the Corner Hotel and they've announced another show. Yeah, so they're doing Brew Brawl this year at um, Moondog Brewery in Abbotsford. Um, and that's it, part of Good Beer Week. And that's exciting because uh, the Brewery Brawl that MCW did with um, Moondog last year was a tremendous success. And it got yeah. that's another thing that got people to their first ever indie show. And I think that um, Wrestle Rock doing it it's kind of a 
a match made in heaven, Wrestle Rock and Good Beer Week. Perfect. Perfect. That crossover crowd will be great. And that venue, that venue looks a million bucks. Yeah. Now that it's uh, finished compared to the last time we were there for a wrestling show. It's a different, different uh, venue. It's a different venue, Bob. That's why it looks different. It's a mm. totally different, Tony. It's a different suburb. Well, I do, <laughs> I do know someone that went to the wrong venue last time they had a show there. Uh, they went to their, the wrong brewery. So, oh, they probably went. They probably went to where it is this time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, nah, looking forward to this weekend. New Japan have unveiled their new belt. What do you think? It's rubbish. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, I know. It's not. It's just. Um, it's a drastic change from my, myself personally. The IWGP belt is the best looking belt in wrestling at the minute. And now that they've gone and it's in the shape of Cody Rhodes's neck tattoo. Uh, That's a nice yeah. little shout out to Cody. Yeah. Um, or the WWE Divas belt with the butterfly on it, that kind of shape. Um, I don't understand the belt maker getting all the hate on Twitter because obviously the company would have ticked off on the belt maker's design. So wrestling fans going after the belt makers a bit ridiculous. I'm that's bemused by fans. anyone. I'm bemused by anyone getting upset at a prop. Bemused. You got to treat these props with respect. It's uh, not an, It's not a horror. It's not the best the belt in the world. It's not the worst. No. It's fine. Just a traditionalist. And I thought they had a belt that looked great anyway. Yeah, but then they retired that belt. So that's just that's now, now I have to spend $1,100 on buying the new belt to wear to wrestling shows. Well, you'll just lose it. Speaking of belts, there'll be a belt fought for Deathmatch Down Under. The dates have been announced for the 16-person heavyweight championship tournaments. Yeah, the dates have... The tickets have gone, uh, been... The dates have been announced, sorry. Yes, um, I'm trying to bring them up but I am being slow. <laughs> Lord, They're in May. I do not. <laughs> I do not. I do not. Uh, is it the May 15th and 16th? Or am I way off? That sounds right. Oh, Go to that's... their social media. They're more professional than us. <laughs> Actually, I've got a press release here. I'll find that. <laughs> it's the 21st and 22nd of March. I was a week away. I'm yeah, excused. I'm, I'm severely of March injured. or May? Did May, you say of March, March or May? You said March. Seven. It's, uh, it's May. 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 100% May. Don't go in March. It's Can't go back in time. Yeah, the juice is worth the squeeze. Over two nights. 16-man heavyweight tournament. Looking forward to it. Some big heavyweights. I've heard it's stacked as well. I've heard it's a, it's a stacked tournament. Um, if I know one thing about um, DMDU were likely to have both men and women fighting for that title um, and it should be a lot of fun over two days. I've just got to try and get permission to be allowed to go to two days. Um, recover. Recover. Well, no, I mean, it's a Friday, Saturday, so I won't be able to drink on the Friday. I've got to coach. Football. I was talking about your injuries that you've sustained. Hopefully you recovered. Well, time. I've shown my bravery already tonight. I'm sure that I'll be able to show my bravery and being recovered by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, DMDU have been good so far, so I'm looking forward to um, seeing 
the announcements start to trickle out for that tournament um, because so far every show has been really enjoyable, especially live. No, it has yeah, been fantastic. Have you got a tip for the winner, Tony? Who do you for think the, will win the heavyweight, the heavyweight tournament? Who do you, have I got a ticket for the winner? A tip. A tip. Who do you think is going to win you the tournament? You said ticket. Oh, I don't even know who's in it yet. None of us do. I'm picking Gore. I'm gonna. I was gonna say Gore. Jake Andrew Arthur for mine. Ooh. Okay. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Del Cano versus New Horizons Pro Wrestling Update. Yeah. So we spoke last week about how um, Wrestle Radio Australia were going to be having their big episode featuring oh, Del yeah. Cano yeah. and New Horizons. Uh, New Horizons pulled out of the interview at the last minute. Oh. I thought would have thought it would have been important to get their side of the story up. I would have thought it would be really important to get their side of the story up. It's not a good look. No. Unless Silence it's is definitely... to the other side of the story. Yeah, well, well, that... um, it, it is a really good listen, though. So um, I still recommend checking it out. But, uh, um, yeah, I think it's a bit amusing. They've, they've, they've got an open invitation to go and talk about it. But, yeah, they pulled out last minute. You definitely want to take that right of reply. And... At least, sort of meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe differencing of opinion, you know, correct some wrongs. Maybe they're there, but maybe everything was right. Maybe, maybe. Uh, upcoming events, folks, on Friday the second of July. That's of course three months away. Let's try Friday the second of July. April. Hey, did I write July? You did write July. Uh, Friday it's the second of April, Tony. It's the medication. God almighty. A PCW Slam is on in Ferntree Gully. Wrestle Rock is back at the Corner Hotel in Melbourne. And then on Saturday, the 3rd of April, PCW Ignition returns to Ferntree Gully. And on Sunday, the 4th of April, July, WrestleBrainia is on at the Catfish in Fitzroy. Limited $15 tickets at the door. So that's a saving of uh, 25%. If you'd like well, to... You can save them. You can save uh, 100% if you win yes. tickets from us. That's right. Get on our socials. Tag a friend. That's a steal. And we'll I am willing to double pass to give away. I am willing to to cheat and just give tickets to someone I like the most too. So I will take bribes. Uh, no problems. I, I know you what will. What could go wrong? What could, what go, could wrong go wrong with bribery? All right. We're going to let you go, Walshy, because you need to go back and rest. Yeah, I think... Um, I'm getting a bit dizzy. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I that said... Qantas neck pillow is actually doing you any... It's not a neck pillow, Tony. You sure? It's a proper, it's a proper it's brace. A brace. It's a neck brace. I'm more concerned about the four or five empty white claws he's got surrounding him in his couch at the minute. Mm. Um, we might have to do just double around there tomorrow for maybe a welfare check. You can do that, Tony. I've got wife All and right. kids to I worry about. Of course I will. Folks, we'll catch you next week right here on the Turbuckle.